All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sam's DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, March 1st of 2023. So you know what that means. March Madness coming at you guys. Should be a fun month with baseball also starting at the end of the month here. So a uh, kind of a uh, sport shift month as, as you might have it. But uh, just looking to the immediate future, we got a nine-game NBA slate as well as a six-game hockey slate. It is Wednesday, so today is the day to be building your golf lineups for the uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational, I believe. We got uh, teeing off tomorrow, so it should be a fun week. Good luck to all of you golf DFSers out there. If you guys have questions related to golf DFS, you guys can ask uh, any, any sport, any question about any sport, really. Uh, for those of you who are new here, welcome my name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions that come in in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, there's a link in the description below to get joined up. And um, aside from that, if you're just tuning in, have questions, go ahead and throw them in the uh, in the in the in the YouTube chat. We will get to all the questions in both the live YouTube chat and the discord but that being said gonna get saber sim pulled up here i do have a couple of things uh to cover from yesterday i had two questions come in yesterday one from uh let's see who this first one was from from brian i believe uh referencing uh how to use saber sim to or how to leverage the sims how to use saber sim to help you with your underdog drafts uh for those of you you know playing over on underdog it's draft format uh you know question was like best ways to utilize saber sim to do that i asked jordan uh, about this jordan is somebody who i know is uh grinding underdog drafts we talk about it behind the scenes and stuff and so so i reached out to jordan and i said you know how do you best leverage the sims and the sim data for uh underdogs and he goes Honestly, the, the, what I would suggest is to just come in here and either if you have SaberSim up on the screen, you can just draft based on projections like descending. So your rank for the players would just be their projections. And then uh, just, you know, basically use this as like your ADP for the draft. Or, you know, what you can do is you can hit this download button and it will uh, download a CSV for you. And then from there, you know, you could like... Uh, Take your CSV, have it on one screen, have the draft on the other screen if you're more if you're more comfortable using just like a CSV format. But he he told me he said I think literally drafting against Saberson projections is positive EV for underdog drafts. Those were Jordan's exact words. So I wanted to get back to Brian on that one. And then another question we had yesterday was in relation uh, to tennis. So so I, I I talked to Jordan about this. And kind of uh, figured out, you know, where, where the root of this question was. So Chase asked a question yesterday. He said, in the How to Beat Tennis video, Jordan says to adjust sliders as slate size changes, but aren't the sliders already being changed based on slate size? So good question here. So for tennis specifically, uh, the, the sliders are not being adjusted based on slate size. You can see up here at the top, uh, might be hard for you guys to see up here, but but up at the top here, it just says, you know, the time, and then it says early, main, or late. If you go over to, like, NBA, 
uh, we have the slate size up here. It'll say like 7 p.m., nine games. But for tennis, it does not do that. So basically what Jordan is saying is like, you know, regardless of whether there are six matches on the slate versus 24 matches on the slate, Sabersim is not taking that into account with the sliders. What Sabersim is doing is only looking at the style, the entry limit, and the entrance. So you could have a single entry um, 100 to 1,000 person contest that is 24 matches, and it would have these 109 sliders. And then you could also have a single entry one to 100 to 1,000 entry contest where the slate size is maybe six matches and the sliders would be the same. So so that is what Jordan is saying. is like, hey, you know, if the slate, slate size is smaller, uh, you know, there's more chances for lineup duplication and different things like that. You might want to get away from the field a little bit. And if, if in that scenario, it might make sense to increase your ownership fee. So I talked to him a little bit about it. Uh, definitely started to make more sense to me once I got with him because uh, I wasn't familiar with the How to Beat Tennis video too much. But it does make a lot of sense to me, right? More matches on the slate, more, um, uh, what do you call, what do you call somebody who plays tennis? Just a tennis player, more tennis players on, on the slate. So uh, less chances to be duplicated, more players in your player pool. But on like a six match slate where, you know, I don't even know if they have six match slates, but just going to be less overall options. And it makes some sense to get away from the field by utilizing the ownership fade slider in that scenario. But wanted to get back to Chase as well. And, uh, you know, anytime you guys have a question, I don't know the answer to, I'm going to go find you guys a good answer and, and get back to you guys on the very next show. So if there's any uh, follow-up in regards to those uh, questions, just let me know, but we are going to get, uh, keep it rolling here. So first question came in, in the discord. It looks like we have one question in the discord, one in the YouTube chat. If anybody has any questions, now is a great time to get those in. And this one from the Duke says, is there a way to mass set min exposures? Also, is it possible to use a ranking system for golfers slash players instead of using projections? Okay, good question here. So no, there is not a good way of mass setting min exposure. Uh, let's go over to golf because this looks like a golf question. So we got the... Um, Arnold Palmer Invitational teeing off tomorrow. So you can use this max exposure here, but which this is a global max exposure. Um, frankly, a global min exposure like might break the builder, uh, especially if like you set a global min exposure of something like, you know, let's say you're building 20 lineups and you set 5%. Uh, that that's gonna it might it might be really hard for the builder to get, you know one lineup with like every single player in it, depending on how many players there are. So I think there's like 160 golfers usually. So like if you're building like a three max, you know, you might break the builder uh, and, and not be able to make any builds. So I think that is why we don't offer a global min exposure. But what I would, I, I, I would imagine you would have to have like a really tight player pool to be interested in something like that. So because, I mean, unless you're trying to get, like, one of 160 golfers, like, you got to be playing a, a lot of lineups to be interested in doing that. But uh, 
you know, long story short, no, you can't do that. The easiest way to do it would just to be coming here to the min exposures and then just uh, click down and and run through this. But really doesn't take like that long. I realize it could be a little tedious, but I think we just knocked out like 15 golfers in like 10 seconds here. So shouldn't take too long to just like click through and, and set some min exposures here in the home screen. But uh, I get, I get, uh, take that down as a feature request and, and talk to the team about that for sure. All right. Hopping over to the YouTube chat. Got a question from N M J says, hi, Andrew. I've seen references to Sabre score 2.0 in the discord. Is that some sort of custom metric for pro subscribers? So, so good question here. Uh, so we are, well, not we, uh, I'll say, I'll say Matt specifically is looking at Sabre score, looking at how it can be improved. And uh, we are in the early stages of testing that. So that is what it is uh, referring to. So with with a uh, Saberson Pro subscription, you get early access to new features. So we, we have uh, released Saberson 2.0 in like a beta version of it. I know that it's been altered at least twice now. So still dialing it in, still doing back testing on it, but... Ultimately, uh, there is a change to Saber score on the horizon. It is going to be, you know, a change for the better. We're, we're um, trying out different versions of it and doing back testing to figure out where we want to ultimately uh, make those adjustments at. And there will be more information about Saber score 2.0, but uh, that'll probably come in a behind the Sims video. But for now, we're in the early stages of testing that out. So, you know, you might hear some rumblings about it, but it is not like fully ready. And, and uh, I know that Matt and the team are still back testing and making adjustments to it overall, but looking forward to it ultimately. Uh, NMJ said, okay, cool. Is Saber score going to be updated for everyone or just pro subscribers? Uh, no, it'll be updated for everybody. Uh, it'll get pushed to the main app, but the pro subscribers do get like the early access to it. And, um, you know, we do want like feedback from, from the community about, you know, how your lineups look and, uh, different things like that. So, so some early access to pro, that is a, another great reason to be on pro. You get some of this early access, but, uh, you know, we do like warn people like, Hey, this isn't the final version. Uh, give us your feedback. Tell us what you guys think is like wrong or, uh, what looks funny. And then we could look into that further. So, uh, you know, having, having that, uh, feedback loop is, is ultimately good for, for us internally. All right. Question here from Chase in beta where the ownership fade slider is gone. Is this not important anymore? Uh, yeah. So, so this is probably uh, another, another thing coming down the line. Another thing that we're testing here. Uh, we, we, we are experimenting with uh, removing ownership fade, the ownership fade slider. And uh, the, the, the I, I don't want to get too much into it. Uh, it. It really is, you know, kind of a, kind of uh, above my head a little bit uh, with, with some of the um, some of these changes, uh, you know, more to come on the behind the Sims stuff. But ultimately, you know, what this really comes down to everybody is like, we are trying to improve the quality of your lineups to help users be more profitable. That That's really all it comes down to. Uh, this is like not, you know, DFS in general is not something where like, you know, you get to a finish line and you're done, right? It's constantly evolving constant we're constantly trying to get better we're never satisfied uh you know we are always pushing the boundaries and and trying to you know squeak out every edge we can get and we um you know we're, we're in the early stages of of 
of figuring out if we want to get rid of the ownership fade slider or if we want to keep it, uh, you know, some of those decisions are not uh, completely made yet, but we are testing them, right? So, uh, so the team is like always thinking about different ways to improve the app and stuff like that. So that's one one of the things that we are testing. Not sure if that is going to uh, stay or not, but more to come on that. But I appreciate the questions. Happy to give you guys as much insight as I can. NMJ said, uh, thanks. Happy to help there. Uh, Brian followed up, said, good afternoon. Hope all is well. Thank you for your help. Yep, Brian, glad you're able to catch that. Happy to get that answer back to you. All right. Uh, NSR SoCal said, Chase, if you are a pro sub, you can go to the pro channel in Discord. Matt does a great job explaining it. Yeah, no, Matt is is really active and just kind of uh, sharing like his thoughts about, you know, what he thinks and, and best practices for some of the new features. So if you guys do have questions, uh, you know, you can post it in the pro channel and the team is always around. Another great reason like to be in the Discord because, you know, on this show, you kind of only get access to me. I got to go find somebody and, and coming back and get you an answer. But if you're in the Discord and you're posting in the channels, you get to interact with the entire team. And as those questions come up and the team sees them, they could jump in and provide a thoughtful answer. All right. Chandre said, you guys are interfering with Builder too much with all the inputs. You have to let the Builder do its thing, create a player uh, pool, I'm assuming, and, and let the Builder create good lines. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, uh, you know, the, the Builder is great. You know, the Builder does you know, 90% of the work for you. I think that the best places for users to, to add value is, is, uh, really like in the post build, um, helping the builder, you know, uh, manage risk. The builder does not manage risk very well. I was talking to somebody in the discord about this over the weekend and we were just talking about, um, how to take how to find a set of lineups and a set of exposures that you're comfortable with, regardless of what happens. Right. And a lot of that comes down to risk management here. So, you know, I'm going to build 20 lineups here and then right off the bat, I'm getting hundred percent Jared Vanderbilt, hundred percent Malik Beasley, 95% Rui Hachimura. So, so three players from the Lakers almost in every single lineup. And, you know, that that's, that's, you know, kind of, kind of boomer bust Lakers right there. Right. And, and, if, if, if I'm not okay with that, I think it's totally okay to dial back my exposure and, um, you know, go a different route. Maybe I'm okay having some Lakers, but not this much, you know, if they don't do good, then all of my lineups are sunk. Right. So like, that's a risk management thing. The builder doesn't understand risk management. What the builder understands is, you know, perceived value, expected value, uh, what the best plays are. The builder is going to jam in what it what it thinks are the best plays it is it is it is the job of the user in a man plus machine scenario to do the risk management and to tell the builder that you know what this this risk profile of these lineups is too high for me i need you to help me lower that risk profile and the first place i would start is is by applying some unique setting right so so for me, what I like to do, uh, just, just like personally, I like to do like at least, uh, I mean, I guess it depends, but, but, you know, I like to increase the mini uniques to a point where, you know, I'm going into the pool a little bit, but not too far. Right. So here I'm at like lineup 46 out of 500, still in the top 10%. I'm like totally fine with that. Uh, bump it up to four lineup 139. Okay. We're getting like toward 50% here. 
And then at Mini Neeks 5, I'm at lineup 267. So right about like halfway into my pool, I, I would be okay with this. If I'm somebody who like really likes to get um, diverse and flat with my exposures, I think this is fine, right? Exposure, my top exposure is 65%. So I went from like three guys at 100%. So now my top exposure is 65%. I'm, I'm a lot more spread out. Jared Vanderbilt is under 50%. And then uh, Ruby Hachimura and, and Beezer are around at 60, 65%. So I think that's fine. Still um, using lineups on like the top 50% of my pool for the most part. Or from somebody like, hey, I want to get diverse, but I'm okay taking some stronger stands. Uh, maybe I stay where the, I mean, Unique's four, where my bottom lineup is ranked 139 out of 500. And I'm still like pretty heavy on Hachimura and Beasley, but still lower on Vanderbilt here, right? So, there's not a wrong or right way to do this. Uh, these are like, this is this this is really like the point where you got to kind of make a decision for how you want to approach the slate that day. But ultimately, I think this is the biggest value add for a user. We work really hard on our projections and our models and, you know, ownership projections, all of that. Uh, like, like, like we just talked about, we're always dialing in the sliders, figuring out if there's a better way to handle some of those inputs for the builder and help you guys ultimately get to uh, better lineups. So team is team is hard at work for sure. All right. Uh, Franklin said, as a pro subscriber, how do you get access to the beta version? Uh, Franklin, I would just drop a message in the uh, pro channel. Uh, if, if, uh, if you're in the Discord, just drop a message in the pro channel and somebody will be happy to uh, help you out with that. And then NSR SoCal says that uh, there is a link in the pro channel. Okay, awesome. Yep. So NSR SoCal, thank you. Yeah, that's what I imagined. Uh, might be like pinned at the top of the channel. If you go up to like the top, there's like a little uh, bulletin board pin, a uh, thumbtack, I believe. And uh, you can just click the thumbtack and then uh, it might be under there or you can just ask. I'm sure somebody will be able to help you out. But good questions, everybody, to get the show started. Really, I'm, I'm really excited about all the changes happening. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's incremental improvements just over and over and, and uh, a lot of incremental improvements will lead to uh, just an overall better um, experience and, and, and one big, huge improvement. I think that goes for like anything in life, right? Uh, you guys are, you know, exercising like every single day, you know, you do it. And then, you know, you look back over like one, two years, it's like, wow, you know, I made like a big change. So don't forget that. I know we're getting a little bit off topic here, but I think that is just a good life thing in general. All right. Uh, that is our last question in the YouTube chat and the Discord. I'm going to pull up the NBA injury report uh, for today while we wait for more questions to come in here. But if anybody has any more questions, we will get back to it uh, right after we check out the NBA injury report. Uh, it's a fun day today. Uh, I know they're running their big high stakes and Millie Maker today. I do have one ticket to that. So hoping to uh, you know make a, make a run at that. So it should be a fun day overall. But looking ahead here. Uh, not a lot of news at lock here, you know, a couple doubtfuls, a couple probables, uh, a ton, a ton of questionables in this later half of the slate. This, this, this is going to be a fun slate. So, you know, late swap is going to be super important. Um, imagine, you know, Jonas gets ruled out, you know, after lock here, uh, you know, we got Kevin Porter might make his return. Jason Tate was out yesterday. Jonas Valanciunas would be a huge sit, especially with uh, Larry Nance is out as well. So, like, I don't even know who would play center for the Pelicans if if they're both out. 
Uh, Guillermo Hernan Gomez at at thirty eight hundred in the last game of the night could be like a huge value play there. So that'll be really interesting. So should be should be pretty interesting what happens with Jonas Valanciunas. That that'll be a big slot. And then as well as if Kevin Porter returns, Jalen Green is sitting. He did play yesterday and then is now sitting today. I know Tari Eason uh, had a big night last night. So, I mean, if, if Porter sits, if Tate sits and Jalen Green sits, we could see a big uh, value play over here on Houston. I know uh, Deshaun Nix started yesterday. I think he did okay. I don't, I don't think he did like anything phenomenal but i don't think he did bad and he did ultimately end up starting yesterday so i would have to go back and, and look at the popcorn machine but i think there's probably some uh late swap opportunity on houston if you know you're able to like plan for that and and kind of uh have a game plan going into lock uh if porters ruled out if tate ruled out and then green already being doubtful could be some value there uh could definitely be value on on milwaukee if Giannis sits and then, you know, Chris Middleton's already out. Uh, you know, Bobby Portis could not play either. So it could be a big value spot here. So, like, I think this 7 p.m. Central window is what I'm really keeping my eyes on today, as well as Jonas Valanciunas. So a lot of late uh, late swap potential. Oh, I even missed Joel Embiid. So Joel Embiid is even questionable here, too. So I'm, I'm really keeping my eyes on, on this latter half of the slate here. So it should be a good one. Uh, really looking forward to it. But but uh, hope hope I give you guys some some ideas about you know what to look at as as the day goes on and what to keep your eyes on. But uh, that being said, gonna get Saberson pulled up back up here and address some of these questions coming in here. All right, uh, gonna start with this one in the Discord from uh, Luke Stiesel. Question is: If I set max or min exposures for lots of players, how do I get Saberson to carry those exposures? over to late swap okay so uh another really good question here uh so the late swap builder you know does work differently than pre-build we, we've done our best to make it as close to pre-build as possible but just ultimately uh the like base functionality of it is different so so once we once the slate starts and once we go into lock what happens is that your lineups for contests basically get like uh, locked in. And then what we're going to do is we are going to look at your entries file and determine how many unique lineups you have. If you entered uh, five single entries, but you only entered one lineup into all five contests, then we are only going to rebuild one lineup. And then we're going to do it, you know, however many times uh, your pool is set to. So we could have one lineup. We could have, you know, one unique lineup we could rebuild it 500 times right we might not get to 500 there might not be you know 500 options for that lineup but we're going to rebuild it as many times as we can there uh that that is what the late swap builder is doing it is building versions of an original lineup that it sees in your entries file so if you have a lineup where um let's say you know this 4 p.m lock hits you have a lineup that has devin booker and chris paul in it right we are going to build, you know, a hundred different versions of a lineup with Devin Booker and Chris Paul. And it is not like a completely new lineup. The, the lineups have salary restrictions, positional restrictions, etc. right? So the late swap builder, you know, does have more challenges than pre-build. I guess is like what ultimately what I'm trying to get at here. So it can be harder for the builder to meet min and max exposures post 
slate lock in in the late swap phase. So I, I would I would uh I would be a little flexible with your min and max exposures. I would I would give it you know plus or minus like five to ten percent in either direction, uh, just because of some of these restrictions. And then if you're ultimately having issues meeting it, I I, I would try and focus on your biggest value ads. If you have you know, 20 min and max exposures and you're having issues meeting it, figure out like the top 15 that matter to you. Uh, the, your biggest, you know, value adds, maybe your top 10, right. And kind of, kind of start wide and kind of work in until the builder can meet those things. That being said, that is another thing that we are working on. I know that, um, I've, I've discussed it with the team behind the scenes. Uh, we are trying to improve the way the builder handles min and max exposures and make it easier for the builder to uh, meet requests from users. So hopefully some more information to come on that front and and uh, make make your life a little easier there, Luke. But in the meantime, that is how I would try and think about it. That is how I would try and use it for the time being. Uh, Luke, it looks like you're on it looks like you're on the pro plan. So I know that that is one of the features Matt is testing on the beta version. So I would like explicitly build on beta in your specific scenario and see if beta is any better at meeting your min and max exposures. And if it's not, give us some feedback as to like what you're doing and, and we'll create a, create a dialogue there, but that would ultimately help us because that is something that we are trying to fix as well. We know it's like a bad user experience where you put in min and max exposures and you can't get to them. So another thing that we are trying to solve, man, I feel like, uh, I feel like, you know, you guys are, are, are pointing out all of these uh, things we're doing. It's just making me, you know, Think about like, wow, we, are, we really are doing a lot behind the scenes. And, and I really hope all of this comes to fruition soon. I know the late swap pools was huge, but we're just going to continue to innovate and, and, and try and make everything work better for you guys. All right. NMJ said, I've noticed some users mentioned they run 009 sliders. Obviously, this is probably more geared towards Showdown or MMA. Is there any benefit to running Sim Variance 9 instead of 10? Okay, great question here, NMJ. So, yes. So, there. So okay, let's pull up the sliders here. So, I'm just going to put 000 to start. So the two biggest slider changes that you can make in the app are going from zero to one and then from nine to 10. Those are the biggest adjustments you can make. And what is happening was is when you're going, when you're at sim diversity zero, you're, you are using the mean projection for every player. So, you know, we are taking this value you see in the, my projection column, which is the, Average score the player used, the player scored over our entire set of sims, and then we are building your lineups based on that. That is what is happening at sim diversity zero. When you go to one, we are moving away from our entire database, and we are starting to subset sims. We are going to randomly sample a group of sims, and then we are going to use the score the player scores in that set, and then that will be the player's projection that the builder uses to analyze and build your lineups ultimately. So that is what happens from zero to one. So it's no subsetting to subsetting. And then from nine, we go from subsetting to, to 10, which is using single game simulation. So at nine, we are taking a group of Sims still, and then building your lineups based on how the players score in that group. But at 10, we are simming each game one time. We are simming every game on the slate, and then we are building your lineup based on, you know, the optimal construction for that set there. So that is why that, that those are like the biggest differences between the two. Uh, personally, 
I only like using Sim Diversity 10 for showdowns, for sports where you need an optimal, like MMA, and two game slates. Those are where I think Sim Diversity 10 is most effective. Uh, the reason I do not like using Sim Diversity 10 for big classic slates like this nine game is because you probably don't need an optimal to win. Um, you, there, there are you know millions of possible lineups on, on any given NBA night. You're probably not going to find the optimal. You just need to beat the other lineups in your contest. You don't need to find the highest scoring lineup possible, right? So this this concept was introduced to me like earlier in my DFS journey. It was like you know if second place is 350 points, it does and and it does not matter if you score 351 or 361. Those those extra 10 points don't win you any extra money. Uh, they're just like extra and you don't need it, right? You just need to beat the other lineups in your contest. So so that is why, you know, we talk about you, you ju- you're not trying to find the optimal in a big nine-game NBA slate. You're just trying to beat the other lineups in your contest. So that is why I don't like Sim Diversity 10. And then at Sim Diversity 10, what could happen is like some, you know, uh, second, third guy off the bench can have a really high performance and then find his way into your lineups. And while they might be a good play, you know, under certain circumstances, there's probably a lot of other good plays that are not so high risk that you could get to on a night like this. You probably won't need them to win is kind of the point. So when you are building on Sim Diversity 9, what has to happen is that that same player has to do good more than once because we are taking a a subset of sims we are taking a group of sims they can't just have one good performance and then you know a bunch of other bad performances and find their way into your lineup still so they're gonna have to provide they're gonna have to perform well multiple times to still get into your lineup so that is why we uh suggest using sim diversity nine for like big classic slates but that is the big difference there so let me know if you have any questions about that uh but but that is kind of what is going on and then uh just reading some feedback here set nsr local said i run 009 for every slate and use jordan's custom formula for ownership this has been working out very well nmj said thanks again very helpful nmj said i still like 0010 for showdown and mma but 009 certainly seems viable yeah no i think 0010 for showdown and mma is is great okay a uh, really good question there gonna hit this next one from 2g to great said all of my projections for each NBA lineup is showing 250 for every lineup. It did this yesterday. So what do I have to do for it to show accurate projections for each lineup? Uh, okay. Let's just test this out. Right. So I got this NBA build that I ran yesterday and my projected scores 291.8. So, so my projection scores are different. Um, what I would suggest as like a troubleshooting step is two things. First off is do a control shift R this is going to reset the app and uh, clear the cache and just give you like a, uh, a fresh app to work with here. And then that can sometimes clear up any issues. Or secondly, what you can do is you could change your sorting method, just like switch it to salary and then switch it back to projected score if that's where you're using. And then that will also give the builder an opportunity to reanalyze all the lineups to make sure they are all in the correct rank order. But frankly, I'm not sure why that's happening. Uh, if if you if you try the troubleshooting steps that I just outlined, you know, run another build and the same thing is still happening. What I would do is I would go up to the settings and I would go to report a problem, 
And then I would just type us a brief description of what is happening. And then uh, the support team will be able to look into that and get back to you with a uh, good thoughtful response and figure out what the root of the problem is. So those are the steps that I would take. All right. Brian said, um, Eve's a message that states that SaberSim doesn't provide projections for college basketball. It stays uh, first upload or set custom projections. Where would I find college basketball projections to upload? So that's a good question. I actually don't know. So, so what you're referring to is like the college basketball slates up in the app. So we do have the slates up here in the app. We have all the player data and player information. You can build your lineups using SaberSim and then, you know, use our entry editor and then upload those to DraftKings. But you, we do not have Sims. We do not have projections. So you will have to find an outside source that provides projections. I can't think of one. It's possible RunPure does. RunPure is one of our partners and they might have college projections or college basketball projections. So I would check with them and then you can come in here and then use the upload button and upload a CSV. But, uh, you know, I, I know RunPure does projections for a lot of sports. It's possible that they have a set. All right. Good question there. Uh, 2G2Gray said, thanks. Thanks, my guy, because I use the app off my phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so I will say that, you know, on um, on mobile, it can be like a little hard to tell what some of the summary statistics are for the um, – for the lineups, like on mobile, there isn't enough space to put like rank or salary, all of these like descriptive terms. Sometimes you'll just see like the white values of like a salary or the projected score. Uh, there is a tough, there is like a hover tooltip. So if you just like click on the number, you should get like a little pop-up that says like salary or projected score or saber score or something like that. So, you know, it does like, it does, uh, you have to interact with like the screen or the app and like click to get those tool tips to pop up. But that is how like you see like, okay, what exactly am I clicking on? Is this, you know, is this, is this the 95th percentile or is this the projected score? Right. So I know a lot of times the uh, questions like that will come up like, Hey, you know, it's saying that my actual score for yesterday's slate was uh three thirty, but that's not right. But sometimes people are like, be looking at percentile and it gets a little confusing. So you do have to interact with the app to get all of those things to show uh, properly what descriptive stat they are. But all right, everybody, uh, really good show. Appreciate everybody uh, tuning in and in asking questions. We'll be right back tomorrow for our Thursday show. And uh, until then, if you guys are building lineups throughout the day, you guys question pops in your head. Throw it in the Office Hours channel. Let it sit there until tomorrow. And then I will get back to that question uh, first thing tomorrow. So until Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, I will see you guys. Good luck in all your contests and take care.